0: Hey there, it's Tuesday, February 8th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Ray Vahasek announcing that he will return to Carolina and what that means for the football team's defensive line. We're going to preview tonight's basketball game at Clemson. But first, I want to start here. Yesterday, Monday, was the seventh anniversary of Coach Dean Smith's passing. Coach Smith died February 7th, 2015. It's hard to believe that it's been that long, but but it has, and, and we're here now. Uh, I don't want to take time to necessarily rehearse his bio today. Uh, I mean, because you're listening to a podcast all about the Tar Heels, you you know the things he accomplished on the basketball court. You, you wouldn't be here if you didn't. You, you know where he stands in the pantheon of college basketball coaches. You know how he was and and still is revered, uh, by his peers and those that have come after him, uh, for example, Coach K had some some very nice words, honestly, to say before the game uh, on Saturday uh, about Coach Smith and his thoughts of Coach Smith on on the drive over to Chapel Hill. Um, and so, even amongst his fierce competitors in the in the moments leading up to a huge rivalry game, uh, Co- Coach K was talking about that. And I know, hey. Uh, I'm so sorry for the Coach K reference. I hope you'll forgive me, but you know what? Uh, I'll balance it out by reminding you that Duke lost at home to Virginia tonight. So there you go, a little balance to the force. <laughs> um, so what, what I do want to do, though, today is to remember the, the man that he was, share a few memories, and, and maybe issue a little challenge to us about how we can remember him and honor him. Well, starting in my own life, one of the things I do a lot is I I work with Uh, teams—not necessarily sports teams—but I work with a lot of bands. Uh, Part of my job is is um, to work with um, college students as as they are learning how to play music. Uh, specifically in in a church context. And so we I do a lot of work with them. and and interestingly, I have chosen to use a lot of Coach Smith's principles in in what we're doing there. And um, so with that, for for example, one of those, what happens when you make a mistake? You recognize it, you admit it, you learn from it, and then you move on. That's That's so great just such good content and there's all these things that that he shared these philosophies because he was a man of intentionality he was a man well ahead of his time in terms of like in terms of analytics things like assisted turnover ratio mattered so much to him but again today is about the man that he is, how he used his influence to affect social change, used his influence for good, not to get things that that helped Dean Smith, you know, like uh, just allowed him to be a positive contributor to society and, and the growth of society. He taught these young men how not to just be basketball players, but how to be, frankly, people, How how to care about things that matter, he taught them how to succeed in life. I, I would say that Coach Smith's success on the court was only dwarfed by his massive impact off of it. Was he perfect? No, absolutely not. And, and Coach Smith would have been one of the first to say that. And, and he did. He often admitted his imperfections and his flaws. But the bottom line for me, for my family, because of who he was, what he stood for, were our second child to have been a boy, my wife and I were planning to name him Dean. Uh, you know, of course, it, it ended up that our second child was a girl, so that didn't work out. Uh, you know, oh well. But but that is the kind of lasting impact that Coach Smith has. One of my biggest lasting memories Dealing with Coach Smith actually isn't something uh, that he himself did, but it was a a tribute to him. As we said just a minute ago, Coach Smith died on February 7th of 2015, and uh, February 21st, about two weeks later, was Carolina's first home game after that. Uh, I'm not sure if you remember it, so let me just set the scene a little bit. Carolina was hosting Georgia Tech in what honestly turned out to be just this runaway 89-60 to victory for the Tar Heels. Uh, one of those crazy games where six different Carolina players scored in double figures. Uh, trivia time. You want to figure out who it was? I'll give you a second. See if you can remember who those six players were. I'll give you a hint. It was all five starters and one bench player. Obviously, <laughs> there are not six starters, so it's got to be at least one person from the bench. All right. I've given you enough time. You ready? Here we go. The six that scored in double figures that night, Justin Jackson, Kennedy Meeks, J.P. Tokoto. Let me tell you, his little brother's coming next year is going to be a stud. Get ready for that. Bryce Johnson, the man Marcus Page, and Isaiah Hicks coming off the bench. Uh, Meeks led the way that night with 18 points. Marcus Page had a double double, 13 points and 10 assists. But frankly, it it was a play right at the beginning of the game that got everyone, we'll, we'll just say, you know, like a bit misty. <laughs> it was a little bit teary eyed that night in the Dean Dome. 11 seconds into the game, Georgia Tech had won the tip. Uh, Page got a steal and was fouled, so Carolina had the ball out of bounds under their own basket. Marcus Page inbounds out on the wing to Justin Jackson right in front of the Georgia Tech bench. Uh, I can envision Brian Gregory standing there. Yes, Brian Gregory was Georgia Tech's coach at that point. Uh, Page runs into, into the field of play on onto the court and receives a pass back from Justin Jackson, runs up to the top of the key. And man, I'm sure you remember this moment. He holds up four fingers. Coach Williams holds up four fingers. A lot of the people on the bench do. Several other players on the court do. And you know what that means. We're going to move into Coach Smith's vaunted four corners offense. And, uh, man, uh, it, you should go look up Marcus Page's comments uh, from after the game about how nervous he was. just really didn't want to screw it up. So, anyway, Page dribbles up to the free throw line, uh, is met by two defenders, and looks for an outlet to throw it on uh, down on the baseline. Bryce Johnson cuts toward the corner and then uh, goes back door on the baseline. Page finds him for a reverse layup. Whew, we got that squared away and knocked out. What, what really hit me and that, that I'll never forget is the camera cuts to Coach Williams and you see him go and sit down and put his head into his hand and he just, he just kind of rubs his temple with his fingertips. Uh, coach Robinson, Steve Robinson, who's now at Arizona as an assistant coach, reaches over, pats him on the shoulder a couple times. And in that moment, you just remember what a huge pivotal life impact that Coach Smith had on Coach Williams. And, and not just Coach Williams, but so many people, so many thousands, tens of thousands of people that are part of the Carolina family and beyond. Uh, you probably remember the story that when Coach Smith died, he left all of his letter winners $200 and asked them to go and get a nice meal out on him. That's just who he was. What a crazy cool thing to do. How neat would it be to just be able to say, here's some money, go have a nice meal with people you love. But here's what's so neat to me about that moment and that gesture. The money didn't really matter. Does that money matter to Coach Smith? No, because (laughs) clearly he can't take it with him in where he's going, (laughs) now. Um, but what matters is the impact you might have on someone else's life. So here's the question I'm asking this week as I think about Coach Smith, and, and maybe it's something you can think on too, is what, what is the best way we can honor Coach Smith's life with our own lives? And, and here's what I would say, is that we, we can walk in his footsteps. We can be a person of character. Stand for the things he stood for, be about the things he was about. That is how we best honor and live out his legacy. Coach Dean Smith, thank you for a life well lived. Well, I want to tell you a little bit about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as we march right up to the big game this coming Sunday night. Bet Online dot uh, net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just football bet online has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops nhl content boxing and ufc along with live real-time updates of current games don't wait to take advantage of the all new amazing offers available for the 2022 season bet online where the game starts I want to remind you that it's Super Week, brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are going to be out in LA all week covering the big game, and so make sure you tune in to Locked On NFL podcast. And honestly, by the way, it stinks that the big game is the Sunday smack dab in the middle of the Winter Olympics. I mean, come on, couldn't... Couldn't we schedule that a little better? Somebody, maybe, who's thinking of that? Anyway, I digress. We're supposed to be talking about the Tar Heels. I just, I love the Olympics real hard, and I don't want the biggest football game of the year to be getting in the way of that. Forgive me, I know that's un-American, but whatever. (laughs) Anyway, getting back to Carolina. Carolina got some great news on the defensive side of the football on Monday morning. Ray Vahasic announced that he was coming back for one more year to play for the Tar Heels. Uh, side note, this is pretty cool. I hadn't realized this. I was looking at Vahasic's bio on, in the Carolina Media Guide and realized that he and my daughter have the same birthday, coming up literally one month from today, March 8th. So I'm going to celebrate Vahasic and my daughter March 8th. I'm going to do it. Anyway, you probably remember that the NCAA granted players an extra year of eligibility due to COVID, um, and this is across NCAA, not just in football, but all sorts of sports. Uh, this year, Taman Fox, Garrett Walston took advantage of that opportunity, and, and so now Vahasek's decided, hey, I want to get in on that as well. Um Want to hear a little bit? Uh, Vahasek met with the media for about 10 minutes on Monday after the announcement was made. Um, but before we dive into some of that, I know it's so tough to keep tabs on everyone on a football team, especially linemen uh, and all the names and bios and what they've done and where they're from. So let me just give you a little bit of his background. Vahasek is six foot two, 300 pounds. That's just beefy. He's from McHenry, Illinois. Came to Carolina by way of College of DuPage. It's a JUCO school. Um, Coming out of their uh, 247 sports JUCO composite, listed him as the number one prospect uh, coming out of JUCO from Illinois that year. Um, Now he's played three total seasons at Carolina, 2019, 20, and 21. In his Carolina career, he's got 82 total tackles. Half of those are solo. He's got 17 and a half tackles for loss. He's got five and a half sacks. Vazic's been named an All-ACC Honorable Mention two times now and has started 24 consecutive games for the Tar Heels. That that, uh, consistency and longevity is huge and infinitely important to a, a defensive unit's Uh, success going forward. And so, as I said, uh, Vahasek talked with the media on Monday afternoon, and it was just very clear, sitting there listening to him, that uh, he is excited and stoked to get back to Chapel Hill for one more go-round. Yes, a lot of that is, let me see if I can work on myself and get ready uh, to move on to the next level, but a lot of it is just excitement to still be a Tar Heel. I want to play for you, just kind of his opening statement, so you can hear a little bit of the heart behind his return.
1: Yeah, I mean, coming into this year, I had hopes to to try and move on to the NFL. You know, that was the goal. Um, but I was I was excited about what we had as a team last year. I, I was I thought we were going to win the conference and really have a great season, a great team. That's what I was prepared for, and uh, it, it didn't turn out that way, unfortunately, but I made great memories with those guys, and I'll never forget that team, and, uh, you know, I, I played through some pain this year, had had some issues with my body, and, uh, you know, that kind of weighed into my process of making this decision on coming back, and just kind of, with the time lapse and everything, with how quick everything was moving, so um, that played into a factor, but I'm super excited to be back in Chapel Hill, and I'm, I'm really excited about what this defense has and what my room has with the young guys and everything like that.
0: You heard Vahasek talk a little bit there about an injury he dealt with all this season. It was a lower lower body injury that he was suffering with, honestly, throughout the season and just working his best to play through it. Um, But a a little bit later in uh, this media availability, he went on to talk about his expected return timetable and and surgery and things like that. So I just want you to be able to hear that from his own mouth.
1: Everything has been going very well. And the timeline, its uh, they're not 100% sure on how long it will take, but I, I plan to be 100% ready by summer. By the time summer rolls around, I plan to be fully back and and hitting full stride by that time.
0: So there you have it. Won't necessarily be ready for spring ball or anything like that, um, but is, is planning to be ready for summer and, and all the prep and lead up into the fall season. So... Uh, what, what does all this mean for that 2022 season? Well, uh, you probably remember, because it's happened pretty recently, that there is a new uh, coach, new defense coach, Gene Chizik, coming back. Um, and Vahasek mentioned today that the two of them have had several great conversations and, and with this new scheme, it'll, it'll be returning back to a, a four-man front. And Vahasek said that he's really excited to be part of that look. The plan is for him to play inside, but, but by his own mouth said that he would like to be versatile, versatile enough to play wherever. And, and I think that would probably continue to help his NFL draft stock as well. Not probably. Obviously, that would help his NFL draft stock. Also, probably the chief importance is is you know how much just sheer talent is coming in uh, to play for Carolina. They're just stockpiling. Coach Brown and the staff are doing a great job of bringing in just player after stud after player. And it's incredible. And so to have someone with such longevity to be able to pour into these guys, to prepare them, to help them know what it takes to succeed at this level, uh, is an invaluable asset. He's a, a, a veteran who Coach Brown knows and trusts. He said that Coach Brown was really excited to hear the news that he's coming back. Uh, funnily enough, he, he said that Coach Brown was unaware that he was considering coming back, but they had some great conversations. And you know, when you you think about what uh, Vahasic can bring to this line, this notable progress from the young guys, I feel like they're going to grow leaps and bounds. Keep in mind, a lot of them had their upperclassmen years shortened or or abridged in in various ways because of COVID um, changed. And so a lot of these guys either didn't get to play their senior years or things just looked different. And you know how the transition from high school to college is already crazy tough, learning new schemes, learning uh, the new speed, all of these various things, the fundamentals. Um, but this opportunity to learn from someone who's been there and done it for 24 starts in a row uh, is is perfect for these young, talented players to just keep getting these reps Um, it's cool in some ways that Vahasek won't be able to participate in the spring because he can just be another coach right there alongside them. And then they'll be able to use spring as a springboard and get back into it. He specifically named people like Kedrick Bingley-Jones and Travis Shaw and Keyshawn Silver just seeing these young, talented kids come up. Vahasek also talked about some of the feedback he got from the pros uh, to know, like, hey, wh- what am I doing well? Where do I need to continue to grow? Um, and frankly, some of those were medically related things that he knew just he couldn't do because of his injury last season. But um, he says he believes that with, with a great season, he can change some of those opinions. Uh, that he did get both good and bad feedback. Things... Um, that he's already doing well, but things he can improve on. I I loved his attitude, Uh, seemed to really take things well and is excited to improve and to get better. That's what you want from an athlete. Um, Specific things he can improve on, he talked about um, being asked to just show ability to run better and and to be more of a disruptor. He said that he agreed, again, with 100% agreed with those things and that um, just wants to be a guy who's able to take pride and playing through the whistle and being around the ball and and doing that. And so, love this opportunity to see Vahasek coming back to Carolina. He's going to be ready to rock this season. Speaking of rocking, boom, best segue you've ever heard, right? Yeah, you know it. This episode is brought to you by Rock Audio. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's nearly impossible for your local auto parts store to stock everything you need. Why have to go through all those ridiculous questions that you don't even know the answers to? Uh, Sir, is your pilot an EX, an EXL, an LX, or touring? Come on, man. You you know I don't know that. And now I'm going to have to wait while you search the inventory to see if you can find it somewhere. Well, why not just go to rockauto.com and find it for yourself? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and their inventory has everything you need. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the perfect solution for all your auto part needs. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Tonight, 6 p.m. on the ACC Network, Carolina travels to Clemson, South Carolina to take on the Tigers inside Little John Coliseum. P.S., I love these different game times ACC Network has been doing this season. 6 and 8 p.m. instead of 7 and 9, I can get behind that. Can we? Uh, who can we petition out there to get a long-term solution? Uh, I got some ideas. We might need to follow up on that. Thank you. Make it happen. This will be perfect. Six and eight o'clock always. Anyway, it's the 144th meeting between these two teams. (laughs) Carolina, you ready for this? Has won 121 of the first 143 meetings. Yuck. Poor Clemson. Ouch. Um, Weird, though, the Tigers have taken three of the last four in the series, including, as we well know, unfortunately ending Carolina's unbeaten streak at home. Before that though, Carolina had won 10 in a row and 20 of the last 21. So hopefully the Tar Heels can get back to their winning ways on the road at Clemson tonight. The Tigers come in 12 and 10 overall, they're 4 and 7 in the ACC, currently tied with Boston College for 11th place. Uh, they're sitting at 79th in the net rankings. Um, Just for for your knowledge as you're thinking about the quads and and how things relate there, quad one, uh, if you are 75th or better, um, playing a team 75th or better on the road, that counts as a quad one game. So um, note that if Clemson later in the season does move back up just a couple slots um, then, then this could count as a quad one game, which would be huge if Carolina could get a victory. Of course, by nature of the beast, beating Clemson would mean that they drop further in the net rankings. It's a whole thing. But anyway, uh, a win would be huge. Similar to Carolina, Clemson doesn't have any quad one wins yet. They're 0-3, which means, uh, remember I said they're 12-10 and overall. That means their other seven losses all come in quads two through four. That's not so great. They've even lost to Boston College, the team that they're tied with in the ACC rankings. As you might remember, Carolina is currently 3-3 three and three on the road in ACC play. Uh, got wins at Georgia Tech, Boston College, and that ugly one last week at Louisville. What, uh, Louisville? Who says that? Louisville. There we go. That's better. And then they have losses at Notre Dame at Miami, and at Wake Forest. So sitting 3-3 three and three on the road in the conference right now, again, would be huge to pick up this victory, get two in a row on the road, move to a winning road conference record. That's just a staple of what Carolina has been great at. Coach Williams always had his teams playing well on the road. Would love to see Hubert Davis be able to do that as well. So how are the Tar Heels looking after that, uh, it, frankly, embarrassing loss? To Duke on Saturday. Well, in his ACC media availability on uh, Monday, Coach Davis says the attitude with the team is positive. He's being positive and upbeat, but also he's being clear and direct um, about things that need to be fixed. He said that they play a really good Clemson team on the road tonight. And said he said, quote, moving forward, uh, we are focusing on this coming week and playing Clemson and Florida State. We're really excited about getting back out there on the floor, end quote. And so really excited to see what that means. Uh, it'd be huge for Carolina to be able to rebound from that loss and, and just continue to do those kind of things. And so that will be very important. Unfortunately for Clemson, though, they're going to be without their one of their starting forwards and fourth leading scorer, Hunter Tyson. Tyson is currently out with a broken collarbone, suffered just last week as they played at Florida State. No specific timetable for his return, but obviously he's going to be out tonight. Good news for Clemson, uh, just in terms of his health, uh, is that he had surgery on Friday and it went well. Get well soon, Hunter Tyson. Our thoughts are with you. The Tigers' usual starters are P.J. Hall, the leading scorer. We're going to talk more about him in just a second. Chase Hunter, Alamir Daz, David Collins, and Hunter Tyson, who obviously won't be starting. So in their in their only game uh, since the injury, um, Reserve Naz Bohannon started. He's a 6'6 senior. He came in to the starting lineup. for Hunter Tyson, uh, which was a 69-64 loss to Georgia Tech. Uh, Bohannon does give up a couple inches to Tyson, so they're losing a little bit there. Clemson is in height, but um, he does bring a bit more girth, a little more poundage in the paint. Uh, So the real issue for Carolina, though, is going to be P.J. Hall, who I mentioned just a second ago. He's a 6'10", sophomore forward, leads the team in scoring at 14.9 points a game, second in rebounding at 6.2. He's blocking more than a shot a game, dishing out just shy of two assists a game, uh, is a little turnover-prone from time to time, averaging almost two turnovers a game, and is a decent, not great three-point shooter. sitting right around 30% on the season. Coach Davis said of him on Monday that he poses a lot of challenges, plays with a lot of emotion, he's really competitive, he plays well around the basket, can shoot from the outside. Again, though, uh, keep in mind, it's just about 30% good, not great. And but can be a factor on both ends, Coach Davis says. And um, so in terms of how how to do things offensively and defensively, Coach Davis said it's an important from an offensive standpoint to attack the basket and attack P.J. Hall. Put a lot of pressure on him to defend without fouling. So that's what Carolina is going to need to do there. On the defensive end, Coach Davis said we've got to do a good job of keeping him away from the basket, but also being in position where we can contest his shot because he can stretch the floor and shoot the ball from three-point range, so that's what Carolina is going to attempt to do offensively and defensively against Clemson's top player, top scorer. We'll see how that goes. Now, when you line up the starting lineups, Carolina does have a size advantage, uh, regardless of how Clemson chooses to match up. Uh, there's likely going to be a height advantage either for Leaky Black, Brady Manick, or Armando Baycat. Again, just based on how Clemson chooses to match up and so we'll have to see which of uh, the Tar Heel big men or Leakey on the wing can take, uh, hopefully, advantage of that matchup. Let me give you my four things I'm going to be watching for tonight. You ready? Here we go. I am really intrigued to see how the Tar Heels respond after the d- disappointing performance on Saturday night. I, I know Coach Davis said they're they're pumped, they're ready to get back on the court, but they got to do it. They got to put it into action. So I'm I'm interested in that. Number two. I'm curious to see how Carolina chooses to match up with Clemson defensively because of those size mismatches. I would imagine that Baycott will probably guard Bohannon in the post, even though uh, he's shorter than P.J. Hall. It, it seems like Bohannon plays more of a similar style to Baycott, which would leave either Brady Manick or Leaky Black to guard PJ Hall. Now, I would guess that it's going to be Leaky Black just because he usually draws those types of assignments, similar to getting switched on to Bancaro Saturday night. But we're going to have to wait to see. That's the second thing I'm looking for tonight. Number three, can Caleb Love break out of his shooting slump? As, As we talked about on yesterday's podcast, he is just mired in a pretty poor shooting slump right now. We're going to talk more later in the week about some conversations Coach Davis has been having with him, so that will be a healthy thing to be able to do. And then the fourth thing I'm looking for we know that Brady Manick has been on absolute fire of late. And so what I want to see is can his front court mate, Armando Baycott, get back to this dominant performances he's had. I don't know if he's still got some lingering injury from a hard fall that he suffered back against Miami, but it just feels like he's lost a step or two in that athleticism and would really just love to see him start dunking <laughs> everything in sight. And so if if Baycott can match what Manic has been doing the last couple games, that is a potent 1-2 punch. Well, should I say 4-5 punch in the post in the front court? So uh, how will that all play out? We're going to have to look and see tonight, 6 o'clock on the ACC Network. That'll be great. That is it for this edition of Locked on Tar Heels. It has been great to be together. Please go subscribe to the show wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. Follow me, if you would, at Isaac Shade. That's one S, two A's, and there is a C in Shade. And if you like what you're hearing, man, please go tell a friend. Let's build this community. Let's be together. Coming up tomorrow, we are going to review Tuesday night's basketball game, take a look back at what happened. We're going to check in on Carolina's postseason prospects. Are we headed for the NIT, or is there an NCAA tournament in the future? And we're going to take a little bit of a look at Sam House showing at the Senior Bowl. Thanks so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every day. Now, let me encourage you to make Locked on Bets your second listen. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Until tomorrow. Peace!